you will fail. So what? Everybody does. But your gym, your watch, your yoga pants, they pretend you won't. So when you miss a day, eat the pancakes. Give up on a workout? You failed? Seriously, what the hell? We're body. We've been a part of that too, but not anymore. At body, we're rejecting perfection and embracing reality. Not in a pizza Monday kind of way, in a loving your whole life kind of way. In a, this workout is fun and it's okay if I take a week off kind of way. In an, I'm eating healthy and it's okay if I indulge kind of way. In a, I like myself no matter what kind of way. Yeah, you will fail. We all will. But we're not going to let that be the end. You see that? We're already making progress. So let's keep going. We are body. Start your free trial at body.com. That's B-O-D-I dot com. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. Real moms of Bravo. I promise you we will not be talking too much about BravoCon in this episode, which is sponsored by Organifi. We are back to our regular scheduled programming where we will be recapping this week in Bravo. Um, We will be jumping right into Winter House. And we didn't get to recap last week because of BravoCon. So we might be mixing in a little bit from the premiere with this episode uh, that we just watched last night. But uh, first initial thoughts on the newbies, Vanessa. Uh, like Rachel, could care less for Lindsay Hub, crypto yeah. Lindsay, I think is what the internet She sells, yeah, she sells real estate in the metaverse, which maybe I'm just really fucking old. I don't understand. I still don't understand the metaverse. Like, why are people spending money on outfits for avatars in that metaverse? It just, it doesn't make sense to me. But- I'm sure it didn't make sense like half the shit I did to the generation before us. Um, but yeah, I, I don't understand what Lindsay 2.0 does for a living. I'm just not, I don't know. I'm not here for her. It feels like a little awkward. Um, and listen, guys, I'm not a Luke apologist by any means. Like, yes, I like him, find him attractive and all the above. But I just am not, I don't know, just something about her from the get-go. I just wasn't really here with. Like, I kind of got a too good kind of vibe. Like, I'm too cool for this. Um, well, let's just dive into it. So, I mean, obviously the first episode she tells Luke, cause Luke goes, I feel bad. I think Jason likes you. And they're, you know, talking to one another on the hot tub and she says, I'm into you. And I think that gives like Luke this like, okay, like I'm really, I think she's cute. I'm into her as well. Now that doesn't mean like you could tell she was clearly uncomfortable with some of the, the touching. And I'm not saying that means like, oh, because you tell a guy you're into him, like it's a green light for him to do whatever you want. However, I, I do think instead of telling everybody else in the house, how uncomfortable it's making you, she should have at some point said to Luke, cause he's clearly not picking up on the signals and it's not necessarily her fault that he's not, but I'm like, I think you, sometimes you maybe just be a little bit more abrupt with him and that environment. I, I feel like if you're going to tell everybody how uncomfortable it's making you, maybe tell him. I still don't know if it was Craig's place though to blow it up the way he did. Like, I think that's what made her cry. It made this into a big thing. Oh, I think yeah. She's trying to not make it into I, a big thing. I do think Craig's intentions were in the right place. But as Paige said multiple times in this episode, his delivery was wrong. Like, I love the comparison that the at BravoCon that Craig was compared to Rena. And so we were seeing Rena Craig kind of go off 
right now. And you guys know we've always been supportive of Craig. And some of you have even been like, you guys are so biased towards Craig. We like Craig. We've had pleasant interactions with him. However, I will say the way he went about all of that was wrong. I thought it was bit aggressive. I don't think Luke was doing anything to try to get on page or anything like that. I think he's a handsy guy, like not handsy, sorry, handsy <laughs> makes it sound worse, but touchy feely person, like someone who's like going to touch your back or just like touches you when he talks to you. He's more affectionate. I think he's an affectionate Thank person. You. There's the um, word affectionate. Good. I don't, yeah. I don't think it was in a predator or a like again somebody might like might have seen it differently and feel free to dm us and i'm by no means saying that like just because you say you're into a guy it makes everything okay but i think once he heard she was into him he was trying to be his version of flirty i i didn't get a sense that like he was going to like force her to make out with him or anything like that would have been inappropriate in that way but you could tell she was uncomfortable Craig's delivery was terrible. The way he touched Paige, though, he like, I think he like touched her knee and then like, yeah, like kind of pat her head or like, you know, like kind of rubbed the back of her head. Luke knows Paige is with Craig. He was not trying to make a move or anything. I don't, and I don't think Paige was uncomfortable by it. No, I think all this being said, I think you and I are on the same page that Luke's intentions were pure. Delivery was off. Lindsay 2.0 should have, you know, said something or Craig should have approached it in a calmer manner. Um, you know, and it, it's, it's done. I mean, it, it's funny, not funny, but if you remember, Abby, we heard about this before yeah. while winter house was filming and it's really fascinating seeing it play out because in my mind, again, guys, I'm not trying to diminish anything that Lindsay 2.0 may have felt or anything like that, but the way it was described and the theories of the internet made it seem like, that he inappropriately touched Paige. And yes, that, that or, Craig and Luke or, got into almost a physical fight over it. It was what it was. Like you know. that's what they were alluding to. But all I'm saying is I'm just glad that we manifested Lashley yeah. and that <laughs> Luke has hopefully riding off to the sunset with someone who's looking for that. Clearly, crypto Lindsay is not. Yeah. Metaverse what? Lindsay, whatever her name is. So, I mean, you guys know we love Craig. I This is going to be a really hard winter house for him. He's coming off as a, an entitled whiny bitch. The fact that he says, <laughs> I'm not going to clean. I'll find somebody to clean my house. And like, I think it was funny because he's like, you know, Luke lives in like the, you know, woods of Minnesota. Maybe he can't find a, you know, uh, a housekeeper, but, you know, and I have no problem like where I live. I'm like, you're in Stowe, Vermont. You're probably not going to find somebody on a Sunday that's just going to come and clean. And I think the whole point was everybody was cleaning. It wasn't like, yeah, any, like they could afford a housekeeper if they want. Like, but the whole point was everybody was cleaning the house because everybody had a part in the mess, some more than others. But yeah, Craig, like even just starting off with the whole, uh, trying to buy his way into the primary room. Oh my God. That was so cringe. Like I'm just going to call him Brenna Craig. That's Craig. Yeah. Craig is on one between that, um, him, you know, him even saying, leaving, uh, the signed book when he said, Oh, I know first generation money. Like I like screamed because that is such a cringy thing to say. Um, I don't, I mean, do, do people actually say that when he said that I was like, I've never heard of that. I hear like I'm, I'm first generation, like American, my parents or immigrated. college. Yeah. yeah. 
But well, money. I'm wondering if in Charleston, because there is so much old money, maybe that is something they do say like, oh, I'm first generation money because okay, like, fair. a chef would be like, I mean, he's generational wealth, but still like, I think I'm in a crowd, like, no, like just know your audience. I, I just, and the fact that like he broke glass, he like, and then Corey threw a glass and Amanda's like, can we stop with the throwing glass? Like we're walking around barefoot. Somebody's going to get hurt. And Corey's like, oh, okay. Like even Corey, the one who threw it was like, oh, okay, I'm sorry. And like, she's cleaning it up. And Craig's like, can you stop cleaning the glass? Like to me, I'm like, Craig, you're, you're an idiot. We're just oh moving broken glass around. Like Paige is one of the people that walks around barefoot too. Uh, I feel like Amanda is probably like in a weird way, probably like clapping her hands. Like, yes, yes. Kyle's not going to be the target. It's yes. Craig. Thank you for taking that off my back. Paige is going to be up for one. I mean, we saw it in her confessionals and I'm curious to see like how she sets him straight on this because, you know, Paige, I feel like in an Amanda and Kyle situation is quick to be like yes. Amanda, like you deserve better. Man, right. Yeah. yeah. You deserve better. So when the roles are reversed now, I'm very curious to see how that continues. Also the fact that Craig is more willing to shovel the snow. I think shoveling yeah. snow is way worse than cleaning. Oh, for sure. It's definitely a harder workout. I'd rather clean. <laughs> oh yeah. Me too. Me too. Um, and secondly, do you, did you know what a pickleback shot was? I've, so I had to like, look at, cause I think in different parts of the country, they call it different things, but I've heard of pickle shots. Yeah. Okay. I've heard of pickle shots. I did not know what a pickleback shot. I had to Google that. I was like, what the fuck is that? And why are you drinking it? <laughs> People get into those like a weird thing sometimes. Okay. Well, I think it's like a Sierra. A Sierra page thing. If yeah. I well, I looked it up in case you don't know and you're listening and you don't want to Google it's whiskey with like a pickle brine. So I'm guessing pickle brine is a fancy way of saying pickle juice and whiskey, Yeah, which sounds nasty as fuck. Um, do you like Rachel? So we've talked about metaverse Lindsay, crypto Lindsay. Do you like Rachel? Like what's your take on her? Yeah, I think she's fine. Like I don't have a strong feeling one way or another. I, I mean, it was pretty obvious that she was going to be on there based on how much they talked about her for the summer house uh, wedding for Amanda. And Kyle's wedding. Um, yeah, I like her. I don't know if I like her with Jason, but we'll see. Um, I'm glad Jason's getting another chance, but I'm not like, I, I feel like he's not going to bring much. Well, he brings cooking and be nice and like yeah. suave. Like he's very yeah. suave. Um, I'm excited. I got excited thinking about it. I was like, oh, the Toms are still coming. Austin, Austin. is still coming. Um, do you think, who do you think Corey ends up with or hooking up with? I think he ends up hooking up with Lindsay 2.0. I, I do think for him, it's going to be hard for him to hook up with Sierra because of once Austin gets there, I don't think Corey's going to, I think Corey's a bro code type of guy. Mm. I kind of think Sierra and him are going to, and that's going to only add to the drama, but who knows? Who knows? We'll see. Um, last thing about Winter House. I have a lot of thoughts about Winter House today. Last thing about Winter House. And I would just like your point of view. This came up during one of the panels at BravoCon with Ask Andy. And I hadn't really thought about it too much, but since we have certain cast members who are on multiple shows, specifically Craig, Paige, and Austin, who are on Summer House, Winter House, and Southern Charm, do you feel the network needs to close the gap in terms of how quickly they release these shows? Well, yes, only because it gets out on social media. Like we all knew about the Luke thing as it was happening. So I think if they want to surprise people, they need to get on it right away because like, we also like, we knew quickly that the Toms were involved. Like, I just think if, if they want to keep things hush, hush, 
then they're going to have to turn around quickly on it. Yeah. No. And it's just so much. It's like hard to keep up. Like now we're in February and then so much has happened. They've already yeah. filmed Summer House. Anyhow, that's my tangent. But well, it's like, yeah, Carl and Lindsay are going to show up to Winter House for like a little bit. Yeah. Well, they're engaged now. So it's like, oh, this is already feels like it's old. Like old. Exactly. Relevant. Yeah. Thank you. Um, okay. Let's go from Winter House to Salt Lake City. Wow. I mean, Jen Shaw is just doubling down on this in a sense. It's like, I hope it's record, like it's filmed the moment when she pleads not guilty or the moment she pleads guilty. I'm sure it will be. I'm sure production was there and I'm sure their jaws were dropped. Um, I posted about this. So many, I'm the Shaw squad. Y'all guys <laughs> coming hot. So, so many people are like, how is Jen like treated differently than Teresa and da, 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 da. Andy's like said it best. I heard him on radio. Andy, if you want to hear an amazing interaction between Andy and this caller, please. I highly recommend it's highly entertaining, but essentially he said this, he's like, Teresa served her time and she's gone. He's like, Jen has not been sentenced yet. And right now we're hearing that she could be sentenced up to 10 years. Like, how can they continue a relationship with them? And before that, some people are like, well, you know, you continue filming with Teresa and her family. But Teresa's been on the show at that point, had been on our screens for like 10 years. There's like a relationship there. Like Coach Shaw and the boys, like all as much as I wish them well, we're not going to see them on our screen. So it's like very delusional. And I think the crimes are completely different. I agree. In my opinion. Like, I mean, you said it in a story too. Jen, Jen Shaw defrauded elderly, like innocent people. Teresa defrauded the government with tax evasion. Like I, to me, my heart breaks more for like these elderly people that no longer have their like savings because Jen Shaw preyed on them and like drained them of every penny they have. And I think about like some of these people like now probably living in like, you know, not nice, like, assisted living homes that like, just like, if you've ever been to a not nice one, they like reek of urine. Like my heart just breaks for people that that's all they can afford because I just, they're not the nicest, cleanest places. And that might be where some of these people are going to spend their final days because of Jen Shaw. That breaks my heart a lot more than knowing Teresa didn't pay her taxes. Like, I, I'm sorry. At the end of the day, it's like, I don't have it's like completely different. It's yeah. a completely level of crime. Teresa didn't also go on this tour of, I didn't do it or like yeah. blindly, like she didn't know. She was blindly signing documents and relying on her husband. And since then, Joe has been deported. Reminder for the Shaw squad. So I don't think it's the same thing. And it's just ridiculous. It's just so, you know, this kind of goes back to what you're saying of being caught up in time and whatnot. But it's it's something. I know Andy did say that he is going to try to get Jen to do a sit down interview um, before she's gone. <laughs> so. I wonder, I mean, because her lawyers aren't going to let her do it until after sentencing. I wonder if he's going to be able to get it done. I think he'll, he will. And I think money talks, right? So I don't know if she'd get paid or not. If there's a, I don't know how Bravo would handle that. I do think they're trying to be very mindful knowing that she is going to be convicted of a crime where she pled guilty. So it's of a felony too. a felony. Was, thank you. Yeah, even better. Is, oh, not even better. God, even worse. just makes it worse. Yeah. Makes uh, it worse. All right. Bad weather is it's bad. Like they are like, it's hard to watch just the pain between them. Like, I don't, I knowing what happened at BravoCon now, I'm like, oh, I get it. Like they really don't like each other. So I, you know, I was thinking about this too. Like after being at BravoCon and witnessing this panel guys, where it's a live reunion and we go into more details on the BravoCon episode that we have out. But I, if it weren't for me sitting in that panel, I think I probably would have sided more with Heather 
but I found myself kind of siding with Whitney. So here's my hot take on this. I think Whitney is not great at delivering her information. Yes. Like it seems really petty to like have a friendship implode over, um, like blow jobs for courtside seats. So yes, I followed that part of where Heather was coming from, but I think what Whitney is getting at as my birthday twin, um, I think what she's getting at is like, she feels like by her calling a liar cuts deep to the trauma that she experienced and the child abuse, whatever form of abuse that was. I feel like that's where she's like really put off with Heather. Yeah. What's your take? I, it's hard because I really, really like Heather. Um, and I still, I like, I loved her at that panel. Like I found myself like kind of siding with Whitney at times during the argument. But then like when Heather was like moved to tears by people saying like they, that they loved her and they see like everyone sees a little bit of themselves and Heather gay. I'm like, oh, like that was like, it was just such a genuine moment. I think my problem is I feel like sometimes Heather is too quick to dismiss or knock Whitney down. It's like if Whitney brings something to the table and Heather thinks people that's going to get more screen time or people are going to like it better, I feel like that's when Heather gets pissed. And so I think it's almost like a a jealousy thing. It's like the big sister, little sister, but little sister can't shine. Yeah. And, na- and now little sister's starting to shine and it, it drives Heather crazy. I also think that scene just proved also between bad weather and, you know, between like the... I'm surprised that Lisa didn't call out Vita. Where's Vita tequila? Where is it guys? I'm surprised she didn't call that out. Um, But I also think it proved that they could, there's enough drama between the four that they don't need Jen Shaw. I don't think we need anybody right now. Like I know there's a new person coming in and I'm almost like, just give me these four. And Jen Shaw is this like spoken about character that we're not going to see for probably ever. Um, Because I mean, after she's sentenced, she's done. They're not going to have her on the show. Um, I, Based off of what I saw at the panel, I feel like those full four can hold a show. Yes, a thousand percent. And I'm curious to see Angie. Um, who's your favorite right now? As of today, who's your favorite of the Salt Lake women? Oh, God, that's so hard. Um, right now, my least favorite this is gonna be shocking because I've, I've loved her up until my least favorite right now is Meredith Marks. I think she's holding on to some stuff that like, I think either like let it go or just tell Lisa, you'll never be friends with her. But this whole, like we're hugging, we're friends. We hate each other. Like I, it's just too much back and forth. Uh, then I guess third, I would say, Oh, I love her too. Lisa Barlow. And then it's a tie between Whitney and Heather because it's kind of like for me, Giselle and Karen Huger. I like Giselle slightly more than Karen Huger, but if I didn't have Karen Huger, I wouldn't like Giselle. If I didn't have Heather, I wouldn't like Whitney. And if I didn't like have Whitney, I wouldn't like Heather. Yeah. So it's just like, it's hard to pick. What about you? Who's your favorite right now? Lisa Barlow, baby. I love that. Love that. <laughs> she love was that. so great at the panel and like, yeah, she, she can hold her own guys. Like, I just think she's like, the right amount of delusion and like theatrics. I, I always love that in a housewife. Um, so I'm just entertained by her. But after that, I would, I, I agree with your assessment on bad weather. So yeah, I, I agree with that. Thank you, baby. Gorgeous. Um, <laughs> time for a quick little break. Uh, it is officially fall. We felt it when we were in New York, I'm feeling it outside. 
And one thing too, that I'm feeling is that scratchy sore throat that comes this time of year, runny noses. One way to help yourself kind of battle some of these uh, little colds is to make sure you're healthy from the inside out. That is why we love Organifi. I keep harping on the pumpkin, um, the gold pumpkin spice flavor, but it's just like such a lovely little like warm drink in the evening. It helps you relax. I feel like for me, I love coffee, but I usually want it. I want something warm at night to like kind of soothe my throat and body before I go to sleep, but I don't want the caffeine. So warm up a little gold pumpkin spice and I mean, you'll feel like a basic fall bitch. (laughs) I love the chocolate flavor. I was going to say, I like the chocolate flavor because it's kind of like a hot chocolate, but you're getting something out of it. There's a lots of good things in there and you feel good. Not that, I mean, you feel good drinking hot chocolate too, but this has added benefits. So if you guys want to feel like a basic fall bitch, which we all do at the end of the day, uh, go to Organifi.com slash real moms and get 20% off your order. All right, let's talk about the most pointless housewife in housewife history. Diana finally makes an appearance or makes a little bit more of an appearance on the reunion. I love that they like literally cut her like maybe 15 minutes into the second part. I just, my thing with Diana, even all the stuff, like I like that Garcelle was like, why are you obsessed with me? Like I'm done talking to you, but no one came out, like backed her in any of those conversations and arguments. Like, and that's, that was the theme of the, this part too was no one was backing Garcelle. Um, and it started with the interactions with Diana and it continued. I thought it was gross. You know, if you think about it, um, Garcelle starts to share about the story of Bill Cosby. Um, I resaw this in these close up clips. Like she's, you know, very, you know, that's a very horrible thing to have almost gone through. It's scary to discuss. And she's opening up, which Garcelle, um, my biggest flack with her is I don't feel like she opens up enough. So now that she's opening up, that's like we talk about her book and then let's talk about how we throw it in the trash. Like, I don't know. I'm just like, what? Like, let's give this woman a moment. Like she poured out her soul and for you to like throw it in the trash. I don't know. I just, I just needed the women. I needed Andy to kind of call that out a bit more. And I know Sutton apologized to Garcelle multiple times um, during BravoCon specifically, and probably off camera, that she wished she had her back more. I'm sure I'm watching it or I'm thinking about it like later. She's, yeah, it's like, oh, I should have had her back more. I also feel like for Sutton and Garcelle, it was probably really hard for them because everybody was just, it felt like it was crystals on this island by herself, which part of me thinks that's self-induced. Like I wish she wouldn't keep nit- nitpicking on the Sutton thing. And I'm not saying like, she isn't allowed to feel a certain way about that conversation. Like absolutely. But it's already been discussed. It's from the previous season. If she's in a good place with Sutton, stop bringing it up on camera simply because the dynamics of this group, if you're going to help balance it out, Crystal Sutton and Garcelle have to stay together. So any way to splinter them, the Fox Force Five, which is now just four of them, they are going to pounce on that. So I'm just kind of like, oh, so now Crystal's on her own, but we've got Garcelle and Sutton just sitting here. And I think like there's always just like all this heat coming at them. The second that Garcelle said, yeah, Andy, I do think Sutton can make things about herself. Did you notice how they all have these like shit eating grins on their faces? Like they're glancing at each other. Like Dorit is like thrilled, like, oh, great. We're finally going to break them. You know, it's like they're all just like so disgustingly eager to break them down that I um, I felt like that for Sutton, it's like she was so afraid to like 
it's like almost like it was hard for them to defend the other because they were they were worried that they were all going to just like they'd become the next attacker. It was kind of gross to watch. Yeah, no, it was all horrible. I don't know. I just felt for Garcelle. I I just think more people could have stood up and had her back. Um, and you guys know we stand Kyle and it's a rough season for Kyle stands. Um, and Kyle could have done more. I also, wait, did you know, I bet you did. Did you know, this is like a lighthearted comment right now. Did you know the saying they made glue out of horses? Well, I, I did know they made glue out of horses because I grew up riding them and love. Oh, that's horses. right. So <laughs> I like, know that. I remember like. One time somebody made like an offhanded comment to me about my horse. And now I sound like a very contentious <laughs> person. Uh, but this is like, a relatable part of our show. Yeah. But they were like, I hope your horse ends up in the glue factory. And I remember being really, I was just like, that's a really horrible thing to say. But so I did know about that, but I could. No, I had no, see, I thought this was a saying that like. That's no, it's like it a saying. true it was literal. I didn't realize that when I was watching, I was like Dory, like literally my face was Dory. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Wow. Today years old when I learned that <laughs> horses, um, don't say reality TV doesn't teach you stuff. People No. <laughs> wow. Anyhow. Woo. Uh, um, that was a lighthearted moment. Uh, what was your take on crystal and discussing her experience as a woman of color and just the microaggressions, what was your take on that interaction between her and Kyle? I think it's important to listen to him because being somebody that is white in my head, I might say something very innocent and I, and to an outsider, I'd be like, yeah, that, I mean, it wasn't overtly racist. That's not bad. And like, and I'm not saying microaggressions only happen to, to people of color, but it, it seemingly it, it seems to be more of the case. I think it could happen if you're a woman or it doesn't have to just be based on race, but we don't always like, you don't always know what someone's experience has been. That's led that to being like a triggering moment for them. So to then say like, no, that's not true. I, I, I kind of agree with crystal that like, you can't like, don't minimize my truth. Like you can disagree with like, I think you're being a little dramatic but you can't say to someone, no, you didn't feel that way. And so I, I, I can see the microaggressions um, and I, I can appreciate Crystal wanting to call it out a little more. That's the energy we've been looking for, for Crystal, like all season long. And I'm sad it came out in that way in that moment, but a hundred percent, like you can't take away from someone's feelings. You don't know what it's like to live in her shoes and what she's experienced So Kyle's like back down, like given the whole like context of whatever, the whole dark comment and whatnot, like that's one thing, but Crystal's experience as an Asian woman in America, that's hers. Like she owns that and she, she can speak to that. Not you. So honey, sit down um, when it comes to that. So, I mean, I think it's the same thing true for like anybody. It just, it's a little bit harder with, when it comes to race, but like, you know, I've been around somebody like uh, that will make a comment like. Oh God, I can't speak. It's like I had a stroke to me. That's a little triggering. Like my dad died of a stroke. So it's not just like the silly thing, like, Oh, my brain's not working for a second. So like, I could like, sometimes like when I'm close with somebody like, "Eh, could you just not, I not say that I know some people do, but like a stroke's actually like a really big deal. It's not like, just like, you know, a silly thing when you're having a brain fart. And I think that's what Crystal was trying to say that like, that's, that's what these aggressions are to her. And the women don't understand it because they're like, well, that wasn't overtly mean, you know, some people say that like, oh, when I can't get a word, it's like I had a stroke. 
and you know, it can hurt people. I, I, I really could like resonate with that. Cause I think there's a lot of times in when people say things I've been called out for it. I've talked about before when I talked about on the podcast one time, I used the phrase spirit animal and someone's like, you can't say that. And that kind of explained to me why that's a microaggression and triggering for somebody that I, you know, obviously didn't intend to, but it had a strong impact. So go, go crystal. I just, yeah. Like I wish you were, could have maybe brought some of this energy before the reunion. Yes. Um, and then Kathy, we finally get Kathy. I'm pretty sure Kathy ends up being there for like 30 minutes, <laughs> saving it to the end. Per her choice, probably. She's like, look, I really don't want to be part of this anymore. We all know Kathy isn't coming back. There's just, I, in my head, there's no way she comes back. I don't Do know. She said Kelly that she talks, will, baby. but she, she doesn't need it. That's also true. But I don't know. I think she's probably enjoyed all the attention she's gotten from it. Like her, yes, she's part of the Hiltons. She doesn't need it, but she's like kind of more in the spotlight versus her kids. You know, I don't know. I could, we'll talk about it on the Patreon. There we go. All right. Uh, final franchise to break down. Potomac. Uh, God, I love these women. See, like we have all these like heavy topics that are meaningful, but like, then we get in Pot- to Potomac and it just like makes me laugh. The spring party at a Mexican restaurant. Like, n- and then when she's like, the grand dame is back. And they're like, where'd you go? Like, where have you been? <laughs> and there's What's no tacos. <laughs> no tacos. Katie shows up and grabs Ray's ass. Like, it, to me, I'm like, this is, this is what we need. This is what we needed as housewife fans. We just need the silliness. And I just, I appreciate it so much from Potomac. Oh, it's, it was so funny. Like that Katie came back for like the funniest five minute er- interaction. She grabs like Ray's ass. Then they're dancing together and she's like, Oh, go right. You know, it's just hilarious. And I think, and the women of Potomac did share this during their panel at BravoCon that they appreciate that they can bring down the humor that they all don't take themselves too seriously and they can laugh. And I think other franchises could learn from that. I think one of my favorite moments of the Potomac panel was somebody said, Karen, you might be the grand dame, but um, Giselle, you're the queen. And she's like, I just want to say something. That's a very sweet comment, but all of us make this show. And that like, basically like we're all equal members of this show and we would not be able to do it without one another. Like that was a very sweet moment. Like, and Karen said, at the end of the day, there is support and respect and love for one another. And that's what makes it. And I, I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yes, they all want to be the queen and, and grand dame at different times. But I think they all also understand that, like, they've got a pretty good thing going with their group. And the fact that four of them are still OGs and we're on season six. Like, that's pretty impressive. Very impressive. Very impressive. Um, you're liking Candace and Ashley as friends. I am. I think, look, they had that conversation about the whole Chris sliding into the DMS. If this were any other franchise, it would have blown up. First of all, they would have talked about it with everyone before talking about it with Candace. Like I appreciated that they could just come to one another. And she's like, look, he's just trying to get people to his bar to make money. And like, I like how she said like, but then Candace is like, I can appreciate you coming to me with this because I would want to know if like my, she was like, if my man was sliding into someone's DMS, I'd want to know, but that's not the case. And I don't, I, I, I like them as friends as much as I thought like they kind of made good, like 
like frenemies, I can appreciate them. Now, I don't know how long it lasts. Um, <laughs> but for now, we're good. <laughs> but for now, we're good. And for now, we like it. For now, we like it. Okay. And I'm coming for you, Green Eye Bandit fan. And I think that's what they call Giselle and Robin fans. Okay. Giselle, I did not appreciate how she came for Candace that way. And I loved how Candace broke the for- fourth wall. Because in my opinion, it was much ado about nothing. Yeah. And Giselle was chasing the storyline and trying to put a mark on Chris's back. And Candace is like, no, 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 we're not doing this. Uh uh uh. Cut the bullshit. I need to talk to a producer. I, yeah, I liked that. I thought it was great. Um, and I'm glad they showed the whole thing instead of just cutting it out. So I, you're, are you, are you, do you still stand Jizzy? Are you still? Oh, yeah. I mean, part of what makes her who she is, is her messiness and her terrible fashion and style. (laughs) Like, so yeah, I still love her. I mean, parts me loves her even more for just trying so hard to get a storyline and it backfiring terribly in her face. (laughs) Like, that's amazing. You can't make that up. Oh, my God. That's funny. Okay. (laughs) Well, that wraps up this week in our recap. Um, Now it's Tim to the part, the messy, chaotic part of the show when we discuss our shout outs and I have no idea what you're going to say. I'm going to give my shout out to my children. Um, I, my kids do not sleep in. We're never the kids that have slept in and I'm knocking on wood right now. I'm sure you can hear that. They've been sleeping in until like seven 30 and it's been life changing for me. So shout out me and Camila who will not listen to this, but I'm giving you hope. If your child does not sleep in, there could be a day where that could happen. <laughs> There's hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel. Um, that's, I mean, that's exciting. Cause you, I, I mean, I will say having been, you know, being good friends with Vanessa, I, your kids are usually up like six, six 15. They're up. Like it varies. It's like normally like six 37, seven most consistently, but these last couple weeks it's been like seven 30 and it's been amazing. You know why though? It's darker. I know it's getting darker and I think they're, well, I'm saying this, I have no idea. I think also I'm like, Mia, see, sleeping is fun. Yeah. (laughs) It's cool to get rest. So we'll see. Um, Well, I wanted to give my shout out. I know we've done this a lot, but I just wanted to give it to all of you, especially all of you at BravoCon. Uh, You know, I think it, it takes a lot of not only money, but time like to leave whether you're leaving a dog or a fish or, you know, kids, um, you know, it's, it takes, it adds more layers of complexity to get away and do those things. And so it was just so great and heartwarming to hear from so many of you like, this is the first time I've left my two-year-old or my baby. And I was in the same boat. It was the first time I had left Henry, um, for more than like two hours, um, or I guess more than daycare. Um, so it was just, it was fun. And I appreciated bonding with everyone about it. So I would give my shout out to all of you that did it. We went to BravoCon. We had a blast. We did it. I had so much fun. I promise we'll try not to talk about it a ton, but it was, it was just kind of those like experiences that I feel like we'll be talking about. No, I'm so grateful for you all. Like it was so humbling and amazing to get to chat with so many of you. And if we didn't get a chance to say hi, like hopefully there'll be a day where we can, but um, thank you. Like truly from the bottom of our hearts, we're just, we always say it 
the end of the day, we're like, we're just two moms from the Midwest <laughs> with our with our podcast about Bravo. And I'm glad that it resonates with you. And we try to read every single DM that we receive, but your support truly, truly means the world. So um, from the bottom of my heart, thank you. And with that, we will catch you next week. Is your daily grind getting you down? A Thermospas hot tub may be the solution. Just a few minutes under those powerful, soothing jets, and all your stress seems to melt away, like you're lying on a cloud of bubbles. You'll not only feel better, but sleep better, too. Call 877-861-4672 now. And for a limited time, save $1,250. Call 877-861-4672 or visit thermospas.com to schedule a free on-site assessment.